Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. The great works of God has been performed throughout human history, not necessarily by method alone, but through His man or woman, vessels whom God can use. It is quite obvious and sensible that God does not need man to do His work. And as we think about the great example of creation, the first day, no man was needed to create the light. God said, let there be light, and God created light. And on the second day, no man to create firmaments of heaven. God created that all on his own by his spoken words. And on the third day, no man to create dry land, seas, or even grass. And and fourth day, the sun, the moon, and the stars, no man was involved in that. And fifth day, no man to create the fowls of the air and also the fish of the sea. And even the sixth day, no man to create the beasts of the field or even uh, uh, itself, the man. You know, it's very interesting to know that as we think about our lives and as we think about our daily duties and work that we do, it is pretty amazing how God in every sense is more more omnipotent and more powerful and more sovereign than we are. And we must recognize that from day to day. And it's interesting to know that as soon as God made man after creation, he gave responsibility to carry out. Even though God is omnipotent, even though God can do all things just by spoken words, God was giving duties to man and God was using the man. And uh, God told Adam to dress and to keep the garden. God told Adam to uh, 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 name all the, I'm sorry, uh, uh, God observed how uh, Adam, uh, uh, Adam named all the animals. And, and we notice that as soon as God created man, God used him for his garden and for his creation. And could God have done this on his own to dress and keep the garden? Of course. And I'm sure he could have done it all on his own and no problem. And, and uh, in any ways, it would not be a difficult situation or a difficult task. But God uses man named Adam. And ladies and gentlemen, this we cannot fully understand until we get to heaven. Why would God use us to perform his great works? And when he could perform it, for himself. But however, we should not be questioning God, but we should definitely consider and embrace his grace that we could be used of God. And uh, in every sense, we could be indifferent and say, Lord, why don't we just leave it up to you and just, you know, have you do everything. All right. And uh, that is a good question or maybe a good, I guess, uh, 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 argument to the Lord. But I believe all my heart and uh, we should not in any sense question him, but we should invite the work that God wants us to do. And we should invite the grace, uh, 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 I guess, ministry of grace that God has given us for his cause. And I think about what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labor more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God was with me. And it was by his grace that Apostle Paul was used of God. And it was not because Apostle Paul was so intellectual. 
It was not because he had such a big background and not because he knew so much of the law or the commandments. No, it was by the grace of God he was who he was, and by the grace of God he was a missionary, and by the grace of God uh, the preaching of the cross were presented throughout Asia Minor and throughout the region of Rome. And I want you to know you're in the same boat tonight, and wherever you may be, hey, we are all used by God Almighty by his grace. And by his grace alone that we could perform the, uh, the work that he has committed us to do. And by grace alone we get to go soul winning. And by grace alone we share the good news of the gospel and teach a Sunday school class. And maybe serve the people like we did this morning. And also even talk to others and encourage one another within the fellowship. And also uh, we even have marriage and, and family and mentor our children. All these things that we get to do is because of the grace of God. You see. God does not need us, but thank God we need him. And we need him more than ever, my friend, because the days are evil and the wicked ones are prevalent. And I believe all my heart that we are truly living in the last days. And we need to make sure that we are dependent on the Lord because we need to be filled with him. And we need his power and his wisdom flowing within our lives and reaching our ministry, reaching the people at church, and also reaching our family members. Oh, I hope yeah, I hope you have that great desire even tonight to be used of the Lord and to know that it's by His grace and that in every sense you're not fighting the Lord, but in every sense you are yielded to Him and surrendered and you're a useful vessel. Oh, how, uh, how many people have missed chances and uh, uh, in every sense in being used of God. And, and, uh, and I believe because of the fact that uh, many people are not willing to be ready. And uh, I believe on my heart, in order to do something for the Lord, we ourselves need to be ready. And that, that not, I'm not talking about being a Martha tonight, but being a Mary and becoming the finer vessel that God wants you to be and having the potter mold you and help you and, and also even break you sometimes so that you could be a finer vessel and meet for the master's you. We, uh, we must recognize tonight that God wants to work on us. And more than any method or any plan, God wants to work on you and God wants to work on me. To see God at work in our lives and for him to use us, I believe the problem is not the word of God, but it is truly us doubting the word of God. It is not the plan of God because it is perfect, but I believe in every sense we're questioning his plan. And I believe in every sense the reason why we're not used of God and we're not seeing the potential that we need to see is because the problem is us. And we're not yielded to him. And God is interested in the man, in the vessel, rather than in looking at how it's going to be done. No, God wants to fill the man and use the man. And I'm sorry, uh, mold the man and to, and to uh, 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 refine the man so that, in every sense, God could have free course in reaching out to different ministry that he has planned around that person. I think about what Ian Bounds said it very thoroughly with great conviction. He said, we are constantly on a stretch if not on a strain, to devise new methods, new plans, new organizations to advance the church, and secure enlargement and efficiency for the gospel. This trend of the day has a tendency to lose sight of man or sink the man in the plan or organization. God's plan is to make much of the man. 
far more of him than uh, uh, of anything else. Men are God's method. The church is looking for better methods. God is looking for better man. And, uh, you know, the glory and the efficiency of the gospel is state on the men who proclaim it. When God declares that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him, he declares the necessity of man and his dependence on them as a channel through which to exert his power upon the world. This vital urgent truth is one that is this age of machinery is apt to forget. And what is uh, Ian Balance getting at? He's saying, hey, forget the methods. Let's think about the man. Let's think about the woman and the man that God wants to use. And in every sense, we need to be yielded vessels so that God could have a free course to reach out and to do a mighty work. I think about a great example of D.O. Moody, how two ladies came up after one meeting, and they suggested, hey, Mr. Moody, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. And Mr. Moody was in every sense content, and he said, hey, I get to see 10 to 20 people saved each meeting, and I'm okay. Pray for the people. Don't pray for me. And uh, 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 but as we think about this incident, I read a brief biography about this. Uh, 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 I guess the situation that was at hand. At first, Moody could satisfy himself that he was okay, but the persistence of these ladies led him to meet and pray with them. They poured out their hearts, asking God to fill His servant in His spirit. From that day, a deep hunger and prayer gripped Moody. By October, he was in agony of soul as he prayed and sought God for the promised gift. At times he will roll on the floor in agony and tears with this singular prayer to be baptized or to be filled with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And this was a wrestle between his will and God's will. It was that very month that Chicago burned to the ground. All his works, efforts, and organizational committees literally went up in a blaze. Shortly after this wild passing through New York on his way to Britain, the second time God heard his prayer. As he walked the streets, his will bent before God. The power of the Holy Ghost fell upon him. The Lord drew near and revealed himself to his servant. Moody rushed to a friend's house and asked for a room and to be left alone. Hour after hour, he bathed in the presence of God as the Holy Spirit filled him. So strong was this that he cried out to God to stay his hand lest he die. And he was filled with the joy of the Lord. When he left that house, he left in the power of of the Holy Spirit. And after that divine incident, as he preached, it wasn't 10 people just getting saved, but now 100 people getting saved in each meeting. And he preached the same message. He preached the, uh, in the same method, in the same style. And he preached it to the same numbers of crowd as well. But what was the difference? It was not the method, but it was the man. God used the man. And when the Man was, in every sense, refined and also filled with his spirit. That made the difference. It wasn't a different method, my friend. It was a different man. It was a different man. Oh, God was interested in this man, and Moody was willing to be changed, to be filled with him. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, what we need is not to change the church. And sometimes we need improvements, like I talked about in the announcements. 
And uh, it's not in any sense to change the family or the structure thereof or maybe the marriage. And, and though we love helpful books and, and maybe different philosophies out there, that might be a little bit of a tool for you. But I believe all my heart, if you want the right marriage, you need a different husband and different wife who are changed by the Word of God, changed by the Spirit of God, and who, is, who are filled with His divine power and wisdom. And in order to see our church to be different, we need God's power upon this place as well. And uh, it's not the method that we need to change. We need to see God change people, and God change vessels, and God change women, and God change men. Oh, I hope you have that desire to be changed more like Jesus Christ. I hope you have that hunger even inside you tonight. I hope you could be prepared for his greater work and for uh, 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 to be more like him. I think about Nehemiah in Nehemiah chapter 1. You see this man of God had a greater work uh, ahead of him. But before the greater work, I believe on my heart that God, as we think about the scripture in Nehemiah chapter 1, we see that God was working on Nehemiah first. Before he went to Jerusalem, God was working on Nehemiah first. And I want you to uh, uh, look with me tonight how God worked on Nehemiah's life as he was being prepared to be used of God. Number one, God showed him the reproach, the reproach. Let's look at verse 3 and 4, and uh, I think it's on the screen as well. It says, And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity therein, the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also was broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. The very first working of God in Nehemiah's life was the visit of his fellow countrymen that brought the news of Jerusalem. And you see, they were in the captivity of Babylon, and also they went now in the captivity of Persia. And now he heard the news of how Jerusalem lies waste. And this was not a very good news. It was a news of despair and reproach. And you know many times, not the comfortable news that changes us, but the uncomfortable ones. And it's those that bring about real condition of despair and reproach. And as Nehemiah heard the news of Jerusalem, it broke his heart, and a great burden came over him for God's people and the city of Jerusalem. It was something that God had planned for Nehemiah to hear and observe, and God was preparing his heart to be broken and to be burdened for the work of God. And ladies and gentlemen, God cannot use us unless we are totally broken and sold out to his will and for his work. And I think about William Booth. I've been quoting William Booth for the last three weeks, but he had a wonderful ministry. He said, he, he was asked, I'm sorry, what was the secret success to his ministry? And he replied in this way, I will tell you the secret. God has had all there was of me. There has never been, uh, there had been uh, men with greater brains than I, men with greater opportunities. But from the day I got the poor of London on my heart and caught a vision of all Jesus Christ could do with him, on that day I made up my mind that God would have all of William Booth there was. If there is anything of power in the Salvation Army today, it is because God has all the or or adoration of my heart and all the power of my will and all the influence of my life. And he also said continually, I'm very tired, but must go on, 
on. I cannot stand still. I have worked today and laid down again when I could sit no longer. And then I got up to go again. A fire is on, is in my bones. And, and William Booth, you see, in every sense, he was not equipped uh, uh, for the uh, uh, standard, by the standards of the world. But we see this man who was yielded and he saw the great burden and the reproach that London was facing in their sinful state. And he could not get that out of his mind and out of his heart. And he had to do something for those people. He had to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I wonder if you are sitting, in, sitting here in this auditorium today in apathy and indifference. I hope God works in your heart to have more burden for people. And as we saw 125 people sitting in this auditorium and also we had the nursery full this morning and then also 100 people in the fellowship hall. Hey, I want you to know that there are people out in this community who are in every sense need the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and they need to be born again. And I hope you have that burden tonight. And I hope that burden never leaves you. And I hope you become a broken vessel, not as a preacher, but just as a Christian. And have some tears and have some uh, uh, compassion for the lost, even this evening. Oh, I know you could get tired. I know you could get a little weary doing the ministry of the Lord. But I want you to know that we serve an omnipotent God. And I want you to know that God could fill you once again. And God could help you once again. And God could give you more wisdom. And God could give you that extra strength to go on another Sunday and to minister to the children and to minister to the youth ministry and, and minister to the people in the auditorium here every single morning, every Sunday morning, and also even Sunday night. I want you to know, even though you might be tired, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Oh, be strengthened by His grace tonight. And be broken once again for the people who are in distress, who are in every sense need the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Oh, I think about even just our family. Are you burdened for your family tonight? Are you burdened for your marriage tonight? Are you burdened for your children tonight? And do you truly pour out your heart to the Lord concerning their state of life? And where they are in life. And, and what you envision for them. And, and do you pour out your heart to the Lord? Do you have that burden? I think many times you don't pray. Why? Because we don't have the burden. We don't have the compassion. We have lost the vision. And, and we, in every sense, have given up on everything that we see here today. Oh, I want you to know that I believe with all my heart that God has not given up on your family. And God has not given up on your marriage. And God has not given up on this church. And God has not given up on anything in your life. Don't you ever give up, my friend. Just keep going as Jesus Christ is faithful to you. And uh, uh, with that in mind, I think about Jeremiah, the man of burden. He wrote in Lamentation 2.11, My eyes do fail and with tears. My, bow, my bowels are troubled. My liver is poured out upon the earth. And he says in chapter 3, My eye affected my heart because of the daughters of my city. You see, as we think about Jeremiah, he saw the reproach of Jerusalem as it was deteriorating, but Nehemiah never saw it, to be honest with you, and he just heard the news. He heard the news that people are in distress, and the walls of Jerusalem was broken down, and the gates were burnt with fire, and everything was lying waste, and, and by the way, this was after six, seven decades after, and he could have said, hey, it's not my concern, but God 
visited him with that news, and God did something in the heart of Nehemiah, and the Bible says that he prayed, and not only that, he fasted. He could have been apathetic, and he could have said, hey, I'm the king's cupbearer. I'm up here, and this is my ministry. And why go down there, Jerusalem? Why travel so far? And, and why endure the hardness? And, and we don't know what's, uh, what, I don't even know what's waiting there for me over there. And if people will, for me, will be for me or not. But he had a great burden in his heart for the people of God. You know, as I do ministry, as I, in every sense, uh, be around people, I realize that, you know, people work is hard work. Because not everyone's the same. Okay? I'm not the same, and you're not the same, and everyone's different. Everyone has different perspective, and everyone has different kind of, I guess, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, views of life. And they just, they're just different. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, in every sense, you want to meet their demands and, and meet their needs. And, and, uh, and, and sometimes you get discouraged doing it. But I would remind my heart that uh, when, when the love of Christ uh, comes into our lives, and, and I believe that, as the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, charity never faileth. And endureth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, all right? And uh, if we're truly filled with the love of Christ, I believe on my heart that we could keep going to serve the Lord and to serve people. And uh, the spiritual burden comes when we decide to face the reality of the condition. And Nehemiah did not see, but he had the burden. Oh, I want you to know that as we think about Nehemiah's situation, and uh, he had to face the consequence, he had to face the reality that uh, 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 that his people was in reproach. And, and reality was that the Persians were not his people. And reality was that the Shushan wall was not his walls. And reality was that the Shushan gate was not his gate. And the reality was that the Persian king was not his king of kings. And I believe that reality settled in his heart to realize, hey, where he was was not his ministry, Though, even though God has placed him there. But his main ministry was down with the people in Jerusalem. And he had to go down, and he had to bear the burden, and he had to do the work of the Lord. And in everything that we do for the Lord, to be honest with you, we have to carry the burden. And many times we have to sacrifice. And many times we have to get out of our comfort zone. And, uh, you know, uh, I think many people have done that even this morning. You have gotten yourself out of the comfort zone. And uh, in every sense, I believe that everyone should be ministering in their own gifts. And, uh, you know, if you're not comfortable with teaching, hey, maybe there's something else you could do. And uh, I know people could be equipped this way, but you've got to have that desire and, and also even that gift to uh, uh, meet those needs. But, and, uh, 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 but reality of it all, as we think about all the things that we do in this church, I want you to understand that as we do these things and as we uh, think about the ministry that God has given us, let's face the reality that, hey, it's by God's grace that God has given them, and let us really have the burden for the things that we do for the Lord Jesus Christ. And if God is burdened for this church, I think we should be too. Oh, let us make sure that we have that good observation of reproach of people in this community and also even the people that are in this church. Number two, not only God wanted him to see the reproach, but God wanted him to repent. 
God wanted them to repent. The Bible says in verse 6, Let thine ear now be attentive, and let thine eye open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servants, which I may pray before thee night and day, and the further the children of Israel thy servant, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. You know, you and I know that the, unless there is a true repentance of sin and iniquities, God cannot use us or pour out his power and blessing. And we know this very well in Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sins, and will heal their land. You know, there is great blessing waiting for us if we truly repent. And I think many times we are forfeiting all those blessings because we're not truly repenting to the Lord. And uh, before anything can happen at the city of Jerusalem, God wanted to see his man, Nehemiah, thoroughly right with him. And David was the same ordeal, and Jonah was the same ordeal, and Peter was the same ordeal. We know clearly that God cannot use an unclean vessel. And those men I just mentioned... They had to get right with God, and, and as they got right with God, they saw the blessings of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21, the Bible says, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepare unto how many good works? Every good work. You know, God has some work for you to do, but you cannot do those works unless you're prepared. Unless... In every sense, you're right with him. And God wants to repent of any weights and sin that hinders you from going forward for the ministry of the Lord. And make sure you repent and also you forget those things and that you leave those things behind because it's under the blood. And many times the past things do haunt us, don't we? Don't, doesn't it? And many things uh, that really we feel insecure about gets into our soul, into our minds, and, and gets us to be fearful of the things that is at hand. But I want you to know, as the Bible says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind. And God wants you to have that as you serve the Lord. Forget what's behind you and just put it behind you and know it's by God's grace that you can serve the Lord and truly repent before the Lord. And I think about this wonderful man. You know, he was repenting not for his, not just for his sins, but also the sins of his who? His fathers. He says, my fathers, my grandparents, they have sinned against you, Lord. I mean, he wanted to make sure he covered every area of sin in his life and also his family's life and also even the nation of Israel. And he interceded, to, interceded for the nation of Israel at that time. And, and God heard his prayer and God opened the door so that he could go to Jerusalem and build that wall of Jerusalem once again. And you see, when there is true repentance, there is truly a great blessing waiting for us. So let us make sure we repent. If God wants you to be a better vessel, we've got to make sure we are repent. And question for you, when's the last time you, repent, you have repented? When's the last time you had true repentance in your heart? And uh, I think we could have said maybe sorry here and there, but it wasn't true repentance. I think we've got to really study repentance more and really get to the heart of it all, and where the sins are, and where apathy is. Let us make sure we repent to the Lord. Number one, reproach. Number two, repent. Number three, let's think about recall. Recall. The Bible says in verse A, remember, I beseech thee, 
I beg of you, Lord, and remember the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If he transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. If he turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, and though they were of you cast out into the uttermost part of the, part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the place I have chosen to set my name there. And recall what? Recall the wonderful promises of God. And many times... We're not, when we're not right with God, we soon forget the promises of the Lord. We forget what God has promised us in the Scripture. And uh, do we truly believe on the promises of God this evening? I hope you do. But not only that, you stand on the promises of God. And that you claim those promises by faith. And we need all the promises that we uh, 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 that we can have according to the scripture because we are in, we are in every sense weak and, and we could get discouraged and we could get distressed and we got to get back to the book once again. And his promises are promised, uh, is everlasting, is ever enduring, and all the promises in him are yea. Did you know that his promises are not just based on words, but it's based on who he is? It's based on who Jesus Christ is. And we have a God who cannot lie. Don't you thank God for that? So all the promises that is in this book today, you could claim it with confidence, not because of your faith, but because of the great, wonderful security that is in Jesus Christ. And the object of our faith is immutable. And he never changes. And what he has spoken, my friend, he'll never alter nor change. And, and claim those promises, my friend. And as Nehemiah had the great burden, he saw the reproach of people and, uh, and had compassion for God's people in Jerusalem. And, and he repented to the Lord, but he also remembered the promises of God. And he claimed those promises. And those promises did come true. And, and ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have that great desire to claim promises of God once again. And uh, uh, I think many times we forget the great, wonderful working that God has prepared for us. And, uh, you know, I think about Nehemiah's prayer once again. And uh, I don't know if you have it in the next slide. Can you go back to the, the text? All right. Oh, I think we have that verse. I'm sorry. Yeah, there it is. It's, look, look, look it with me. It says, remember, I beseech thee the word that was the next word there. Thou commandest, okay, thy servant Moses, saying, If he transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. If he turn unto me and keep, what? My commandments. Who's talking here? The Lord. And do them, though they were of you cast out into the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather, the Lord talking again, then from thence will bring them unto the place that I have chosen, the Lord speaking again, to set my name there. Now these are thy servants, your servant Lord, and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. And as he was claiming God's promises, he was in every sense confident of who the Lord was. You see, it was not based on his faith, though faith is truly needed, and without faith it is impossible to please God. 
But, thank God, our faith is much as is reliable as, much, as who God is. And I want you to know that God is reliable tonight. And you can claim His promises, and you can cling to His promises, because His promises will come true. And His promises is based on Him. Oh, thank God for that. And uh, notice that prayer, how He mentioned the Lord so many times in those verses. Because his promises are stronger and powerful than any plan, any man, or any device. Oh, if you want to be used of God to see some difference in your life, claim the promises of God concerning your family, concerning your devotion, concerning everything that you do in ministry. Claim the promises of God. You have some (coughs) troubled relationship with your parents, claim the promises of God. If you have trouble in your workplace, claim the promises of God. And, you know, did you know that there's lot, there, are, there are a lot of instructions concerning uh, relationship between employers and employees in the New Testament? And uh, look at those scriptures and claim those promises of your employer or employee. And just look at the scriptures and instructions and, and uh, follow through them. I believe that God will bless you. The word of God will never return void. Oh, let us make sure we claim God's God's promises and that we truly, in every sense, uh, 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 see uh, 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 what God can do with his word and with his promises today. Oh, let us make sure that we are recalling, in the sense, remembering what God has promised. I think about 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is, what? Perfect toward him. You know, God wants to see a surrender vessel. God wants to see a vessel that is truly dedicated to him. I hope you're a dedicated husband today. I hope you're a dedicated wife today or a mother or a father. Dedicated uh, uh, young men and young ladies. Dedicated Christians today. Because God wants to use you, but he cannot unless you're repenting of your sins, unless you're surrendered to him, unless you remember his promises. And before God wants to do something with the works that he has planned for you, he wants to work on you. He wants to work on you, Sunday school teacher. He wants to work on you, preacher. He wants to work on you, father. He wants to work on you, wife. And he wants to work in your life first so that he can reach out to do greater things. And what's, uh, how are you limiting God this evening? I hope you're not limiting him. I hope you're not seeing a God who is whacked short. And I hope you see a God who is omnipotent and who is always, in every sense, uh, 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 fulfilling his promises by his uh, uh, immutable uh, uh, attribute. And let us make sure that we are, more, more, uh, we are changing to be more like Jesus Christ. And I hope this message helped all of us to recognize that God wants to change us and God wants to prepare, for, uh, prepare us for the greater blessings and the greater works.